Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Hyundai Tucson N-Line 1.6 CRDI 48V Hybrid Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. <laughs> and that's not the full title either. <laughs> Isn't it? No, we, we, we I, need to add... I'm just trying to work out why it has... Uh, 136 PS and 2, two WD to it. <laughs> But I I left that off because I didn't think you needed to go through that this evening. No. I'm just amazed at how many valves it seems to have, given it's a a four-cylinder. But, but yeah, I'm sure you'll make that clear to us in great, excruciating detail very, very shortly. So, come on. We kind of know what Hyundai Tucson is, but do you want to just underline that and, and remind... Uh, remind the listener. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't played along before with us, the Tucson is Hyundai's midsize SUV. If you think along the lines of the same size as a Jeep Compass or the Kia Sportage or a Land Rover Sport, it's that sort of size. You mean the Disco Sport, Discovery Sport? Yes, sorry. It was... Land Rover Discovery yeah, yeah, Sport, yeah. yeah. It's the Discovery now, that isn't it? used to be a Freelander. Yes, that one. Yeah, formerly Freelander, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the sort of size we're, we're looking at. And this one mm-hmm. is a 1.6 uh, turbo diesel engine. Even in this day and age, there are still diesel engines. So this is one of those mild hybrids that I go, what the heck's a mild hybrid, uh, every month whenever we're going through. So this is actually one of those diesel electric mild hybrids. Yes, one of those. So it, it has Ooh. a, a mild 48 volt uh, mild hybrid, which in essence, gives it uh, a bit of boost on accelerating and helps to bring down, or sorry, helps to improve the MPG. So, but you don't drive, okay. this does not drive exclusively in an electric mode at any point, whereas okay. some but do. We're going to talk about that later but in the will. technology and yes, stuff. We will, we? we will get into yeah. that. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to set, to, to set the boundaries and just make it roughly clear what we were on about. Colours and colour tax and prices and all that kind of fun stuff. Yes, price-wise, this is £28,015 on the road as standard. If you look at PCP costs, and I went via Hyundai's own retail site, if you have a deposit of 4900 you get a contribution of of an additional 3500 from Hyundai, 10,000 miles annually, it comes out at £269 per month for 49 months, which isn't that outrageous, actually. No, not really. But this was a press car, so there is something a little bit extra. Only one thing, and that is a colour tax of £665. So it made it a total of 28675 was the one I was actually driving. Hmm. Now we had a colour tax. What was the colour? Shadow grey. Dark grey. <laughs> there are Sorry. other options in the N-Line range, and that uh, include olivine grey, which is sort of a dark green. Now, I really like that. Yes, it looks I like, very it's kind good. It's dark olivey, olivey grey green, and it is actually really quite nice because it's a bit interesting. Yes, quite. There's phantom black, which is surprise, surprise, black. Micron grey which is a uh, a dark grey. The shadow grey is a bit silvery, or lighter grey. Mm-hmm. Fiery red, which is metallic red. It's a kind of, it's a kind of burgundy metallic yeah. red, isn't it? It's quite, it's nice. I like it. Yeah. It's a sort of darker red. Yeah, yeah like th- There's one. a depth to that colour, yeah. 
Uh, and then there's two mm. options that don't have any charge at all on the uh, paint side of things. That's Polar White and Engine Red. It's sat on standard 19-inch alloy wheels. Playing with the online configurator, as as one does, there was no way to change the wheel options that I could find. So the wheels are the wheels. Hyundai has quite a limited range of these things, and the configurator is a wee bit limited too. But I guess one of the reasons for that is it makes the WLTP calculations that much easier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On the configurator side of things... There will be a link in the show notes to take you to a uh, a way of getting the mild hybrid diesel on the configurator because if you go in through the normal front of the Hyundai.co.uk site, it doesn't appear to be an option. But that's not true. They are selling them. Oh, right. They are available. <laughs> but there's some weird back-end thing that's causing a bit of an issue at the minute that they're trying to fix, but I'll have a link if to, to click through on those uh, to get... Yeah, it still behaves a little bit strangely yeah. going that way, especially if you choose Olive and Grow. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is it's quite a European style, but then they've got their design house in Frankfurt, haven't they? They do. So there is no surprise whatsoever that it it, it looks very European in appearance, which is to say that it's conservative with a small C, quite smart, the sort of thing you'd expect. Really, but as it's an, is it going to jump out at you as it goes along the road, and sort of you'll go, goodness, what is that interesting, moderately sized SUV? Not really, no, not really. But having no. said that, the N line does have a bespoke bumpers front and rear, and they've got a slightly different mm-hmm. grille, which looks really smart. Actually, the grille is quite smart. The mm-hmm. the pattern on that. So, if you when we when you get to uh, nerd out a little bit more into design details as perhaps we may now and again <laughs> that that is one to notice by the way whenever i'm making fun of it not being hugely interesting that's not because it's ugly but no, no. it is actually you know they are they are, they are quite handsomely proportioned things they're just not standy out i think it's later. pretty tricky to do it with that size and shape of vehicle you know to do what sorry to make it nicely proportioned no 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 to to make them stand out in a super attractive way because there is there yeah. is only oh, so oh, much you is, can do is. with that that shape and with having you know raised up and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, the proportions just make it very do make it very difficult. So unless you're going to go wacky with the proportions, which of course is going to probably alienate yourself in quite a probably quite a, as you say small c conservative uh, market sector, um, which is probably as good as suicide, really. Yes. Then. Uh, then yeah, you're 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 quite right. I I agree. I, yeah, I'm digging myself a hole here. I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> okay. Tell us about the interior, Andrew. All right. Let's start with the boot. Yes, because we always do. Because that's the way we work here, and it's quite a well proportioned boot. Easy access. The lip into the boot is quite low down, so and it's and it's level, so it's easy to get things in suitcases, wellies, you know, all the mm-hmm. sort of stuff you would expect being the sort of family or lifestyle type vehicle where people would be throwing things in the boot, mucky, horrible things. Wetsuits. Yeah. Labradors. Yeah. All the lifestyle yeah. stuff. Yeah, all that sort of thing. One thing to note, though, on a normal Tucson, there is typically a spare wheel under the flute, under the floor of the boot, even, or the flute. Uh, under the floor of the boot. <laughs> 
making up words now. Uh, under the floor of the Has Mook. it been a long it day, has, Andrew? It has. Yeah. I have many long days yeah. this week coming up as well. <laughs> but obviously this is a hybrid, so there is somewhere needed for the battery, and that is where the spare tyre would be. Having said that, though, there is still space between the battery and the uh, bumper or the of the where you can put the the luggage cover if you need to take that off you oh, can okay, store that under floor out the way so you've still got a flat boot and you know this this thing fits in a special mm-hmm. its own place so that's quite handy actually um, particularly if you are throwing in mucky stuff that you don't want to get that all covered in gunk mm-hmm. or have to put it under people's feet in in the passenger yeah, and it can be a right pain yeah where you've got a parcel shelf that you can't, a luggage cover that you can't store somewhere in the car, because you don't always know that you're going to need all the space. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of curry hooks. Uh, I know everyone's waited yes. bated breath on that one, but yes, there are curry hooks. In the For the rear passengers, there's enough space uh, for three across the back. Uh, it's Whilst the middle seat isn't a full-size seat, it's more of a half to three-quarters seat. It's still plenty of room for three kids across the back, including one being in a car seat. There is a small bit of intrusion of transmission tunnel in the floor there, but it's it's only up a couple of inches, so it's it's not much of an issue really. It's not like one of these that's no. up a good foot or so. It's nothing like that. So it's not like a full. It's not like a Shetland pony is is sort of sitting in the middle of no. the car or anything that you've got to try and straddle. No, no. So, it, you know, if you had three adults across the back, they wouldn't get uncomfortable, you know, with, the, with feet and all the where their feet are and all that sort of stuff. But because, again, with this being N-Line, which is, I think, taken over from their old specification of sport, it's sort of taken some of the yes. elements from the N-Performance line, as in looks. Mm-hmm. So there's... Uh, it's got leather and suede seats. There's red stitching, mm-hmm. and then there's a few little areas that say this is N line and things like that. So, so with Hyundai these days, you you end up with premium. You end up with a, a sort of normally a sort of basicish spec, and then it, the range kind of splits. So you end up with a slightly sporty style, and you end up with a slightly more luxurious style. A bit um, like Lexus coming in at roughly the same Toyota. Lexus do the same. So, yeah. yeah, so coming in about the same price points, so and one way it goes N line, the other way it goes premium, and then it goes N line plus, and then premium SE. I think mm-hmm. in many cases, there's, there's often variation from that, but that's the essential pattern that you're looking at. Yeah, the red stitching actually worked quite well in the interior because there's a lot of, a lot of dark, a lot of black on. Okay, maybe different materials, but there's a lot of black. So this red just lifted it enough. Without being too overblown, sporty black. Yeah, yeah. Once again, if you're uh, up front, again, it's the the same leather and suede seats, which really comfortable. But they're heated for us up front because we're we're the adults, not the peasants in the back. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and there's just enough side bolstering as well. Whereas in the back, they're they're three flat seats. It, it well, it's flat across the bench. Although the the two outer seats are slightly sculpted. In the front, there's there's nice bits of side bolstering, so that uh, you're ne- you're not actually swinging in and out of the seat as you go around corners, even at low speed. So that that was they were really quite comfortable, particularly on on long mm-hmm. journeys. So that was that was nice. I'm going to go uh, like I normally do and describe the dashboard to you, ladies and gentlemen. In painful, agonising detail, I'll do my best, everyone. All right, 
I'll, I'll try and hurry him along. We know it's helped some people. There was a small though. switch to the we left. We know it's of helped the... some people. Does it? It doesn't help me. It shortens my life expectancy. <laughs> Get on with it. Right. So this is typical Hyundai dashboard. That is to say, everything is exactly where you expect it to be, and it there is a button or a knob for things that you expect to be a button or a knob, and then there is touchscreen for things you expect to be in the touchscreen. They're not trying to make it overcomplicated. We say this every time we we get in a Hyundai or try Hyundai and, and describe it to you. It's as though they're trying to make the car the least amount of hassle in any journey. Mm-hmm. So up front, you're going to have uh, a mix of plastics and leather across the place. Again, as we as we seem to say every time we go through this, there are hard plastics, yes. There are soft-touch plastics, yes. There is leather, yes. They are all where you would expect them to be. Nothing is jarring. Nothing makes you go, ooh, that's a bit, why is that there? It's all just fine because economies of scale, <laughs> you know, these things have to happen like this. Yeah. We cannot coat an entire, at that price point, they cannot afford to coat an entire car in leather and say, yeah, all the, everything's leather, it's all fine. That's just not practical. <laughs> so, talking of leather, steering wheel, nicely proportioned. It's it's a little bit chunky, so that that's quite nice on that to grip hold of. On there, you're going to have your typical buttons you'd expect. So there's uh, there's like your phone controls, there's your cruise control, and that sort of thing. Exactly what you would expect in any modern car these days, and typically in a Hyundai. And the controls for the little screeny between the dials as well, the little um, sort of digital readout zone. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you can rotate it to get to the the screen you prefer in the middle there so trip computer yeah. digital readout all that sort of stuff so that that's all in there as well the binnacle's very clear so you've got rev counter and you've got the speedo it, it's all very clear uh, font it's obvious what things are they're, they're not done in a silly little font that you go oh is that really meant to be that or not and the the arrow the, the dials point where they should when you expect them to so again the the clarity and the well, just trying to get across the fact that everything, whilst it may sound simple, it's I it's um, and I'm ignoring you laughing at me. Uh, where it is, it, it, <laughs> I'm making it sound like it's simple or simplistic, but that is a skill to communicate the information that needs to be communicated out to us in a way that's easy to read quickly, and we fully understand what it is. That that is what every manufacturer should be trying to do, and what I believe they all do try to do. It's how successful some are compared to others is differing, but but I think Hyundai are quite successful in this. Yeah, I agree. So at the top of the central binnacle is an eight-inch touchscreen, which is for your infotainment, your sat nav settings uh, that you can adjust in the car and displays, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto functions. You know, it's the sort of stuff we expect there. There's a couple of air vents below that, and then you've got the heating controls. Again, there's turny ones for changing of temperature. There's buttons for what you would expect buttons to be, like heated seats and quick clear uh, of the windscreen and that sort of stuff. I'm becoming more and more along the lines of understanding why some manufacturers put that in 
a, a touchscreen for the limited times these things are, cho- are touched and interacted Whoa, with. Whoa, hang on a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Let's mark the no, calendar, I'm saying I, I'm coming to understand. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just coming to understand. <laughs> there is yeah, a yeah, long way to go. Is the first stage in all of this. <laughs> Baby steps. <laughs> that, you're e- that you're even admitting you understand is the first, you know, stage in all of this. <laughs> yes, admitting there is a problem is the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Right below the below the heating control stuff is a space where you store your phone, which doubles as an inductive charging pad as well. There's USB connection, auxiliary connection, and a 12 volt charging port in there, in that sort of drop back area below all that. This was a manual, so we get a gear stick, not an auto. Uh, next to that is the was the uh, electronic handbrake switch and um hill control uh, not hill control the um hill hold. yes hill the, hold the auto hold yeah, that's the one. is what you're talking about yeah. yes yeah yeah it's like all the things that you could do with a simple lever and button yes but is now made five times more complicated because you can never remember which way the sodding thing pulls to release or pull, pushes to put on or yep whatever <laughs> speaking to you a well-known japanese manufacturer <laughs> There's two cup holders after that and some sort of random slot that you can drop a pen and some receipts. That's all I could work out would fit because a phone wouldn't fit in there. So <laughs> whatever. And then you finally get to the armrest <laughs> and cubby box uh, and out the back of that there is two air vents for the rear passengers and a 12-volt charging port, which is important if you have small people and they have screens. Gadgetry. Yes. I mean, essentially, it's a it, it, it's a nice place to sit. It like I've is it, so just just quickly Go on. because there is something that that you haven't believe it or not there is something you haven't covered. Is it a gloss black binnacle down down the middle, or is it you know the whole you know around the 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 the, the dashboard? Is it gloss black or is it silver? I can't remember. Is it? There's gloss black areas. Gloss black as highlight. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was all it was all various blacks in the interior, apart from the red stitching. Of course it is, because it's the end line. Of course, I should have yeah. known that. Yeah, yeah. But generally, generally, it's a pretty nice place to sit. There's plenty of room front and for the rear passengers, and it's comfy and everything. You know, like I say, as much as anything, when you've got uh, passengers who like to press buttons and fiddle with things and change settings for their side of the cabin. Then, if they oh, right. were hypothetically, yes, yes, if you happen to be one of those people in the minority that allow that to happen or have no choice, uh, then <laughs> you you appreciate that these things work first time. They just work. Stuff just works, and it is where all people expect these things to be, and that is to be applauded mm-hmm. from a lack of earache point of view. <laughs> just quickly, because you had. By by fluke of rental car roulette, you'd been driving a an older Tucson just before this one, hadn't you? Yes, I was in the week leading up to it. Uh, it was the it was the previous generation, and there is whilst that is not a bad place to be at all. Once I stepped into the end light, you could see the step forward in terms of quality and the finish and the materials that. 
uh, Hyundai had made just in that next generation. And like I say, the the old one is not bad. It's not it is not bad by any stretch of the imagination because again, it's still got the core elements of things are where you expect them to be, and they they just work. Mm-hmm. First time, including things like the sat nav, just works without you having to try and decipher how to input information that some require us to do. They they have made a big leap forward um, with the materials, the technology in there, and how they've screwed it together. One thing that's worth mentioning in there is that the Hyundai Setup is one of the most intuitive corporate, you know, sort of standard manufacturer rolled out sat-navs yeah. that there is. Yeah, and I have just, never just gone wrong. Anywhere it is. I have never gone wrong with that. And, I, and I've taken it to some obscure places... <laughs> Okay, so we've done the exterior, done the interior. Uh, how did it drive? This is a midsize SUV which is designed to take up to five people and all their crud. So uh, it's dynamically just like a sports car. No, it's not. Come on. It, okay. it, is, it is set up to drive along with a bunch of people, a bunch of stuff in there, in comfort, I would describe how it's how it is set up is as neutral. So therefore, it doesn't lend itself too much to being pushed around corners and hurtled about and stuff. If you're on your own, you can hustle along quite nicely in it, even on country roads mm-hmm. to to a limit. But if you've got everybody in there, it, it's set up neutrally where the steering's light the the clutch is like the gearbox is is nice the accelerator is consistent throughout you know it just again it's just works so if somebody has you know zero interest in cars and car dynamics and all the rest of it they'll get in and they'll go oh this is all right yeah this is yeah, that's fine because it it it's not one of those you know it's not it's not a sports car it's not pretending to be so no one should be driving along like that or expecting it to drive like yeah. that yeah so you know the but it'll it'll it grips quite well the body roll there is some but it's not over excessive so if you push it in the corners you know you lean a bit but you know gravity does take effect at some point <laughs> a high-sided vehicle yes, it will the, law, happen. the laws of physics cannot be yeah laws of physics cannot be denied yeah and and like I said, the, the steering's the steering's light. So you know, let's be honest. The vast majority of these cars are going to be spending a lot of time in urban areas, and it's really easy to drive them around. From a, a you know, just you could do it like one fingered round corners and stuff. It's it's that it's nice and light um, from that point of view. The gearbox is is really really decent. Uh, the changes are smooth. The clutch is light. So if you're having to spend any time in traffic that stop start you don't sort of come out going oh i need a rest now i need to rest. stretch off my left oh i need a, i need a rest for my left left leg is a bit oh <laughs> i don't know anyone that that happens to i, I bet you don't that's a myth that a myth that that happens ever <laughs> you're just rubbing it in aren't you so it's 136 horsepower 1598 cc mm-hmm. four-cylinder diesel engine which We've we've experienced those before with Hyundai's, and it's a it's a it's a nice decent engine. But this forty eight volt uh, mild hybrid edition just takes it up a nice notch. Is it a bit? In for me, 
sorry, I'm probably butting in and you're probably about to answer this, I'm sure. For me, so you've got a turbo diesel engine, which is tuned for economy, and then I imagine it's a bit like having a, a sort of supercharger or another sort of booster of some form added onto the side that's going to basically make that make that linear and make that a bit more drivable over the top a sort of wrapper to smooth everything out is that reasonable yeah that's that's not far off it at all actually it it, it does smooth things out you know the problem we found with a lot of modern engines that you say you're at a junction you put your foot down there is that delay and then the car goes yeah the bit the 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 the, oh good i've stalled it moment well this removes that so you get away from the line as you would expect as your foot presses down so it's as you say it's it's just it's just made that power happen when you when you ask for it and also when you change down a gear to overtake someone or something like that it just gives that just a little bit extra extra boost and a little bit of peppiness to it that it's just more responsive mm. as well as helping with the fuel economy as well and that still works okay with a with a manual gearbox because that was a surprise for me when we were going when you were going through the specs was that this was a manual. Yeah, they they do do an auto one, but I was driving the manual. So any time I see hybrid, even mild, I immediately think auto. But that not the case. No, no, no. It was it was a manual. Okay. Talking of how much it improves the economy, the normal diesel has got an approved combined total of fifty seven point four, and this has a sixty four point two. Now that's not. Mm-hmm. tens of miles per gallon more but it is more and considering it is only a mild little extra boost I think that's that shows it's, how much the technology can help it's still what almost almost 20% improvement there I'll take your word for it you're the one who does live maths when we're recording something like that <laughs> that's why I'm saying almost and about and I'm not trying to give an exact number but it, it's a little under 20% but I what think, is yeah. equally as impressive is that it improves the grams per kilometre uh, emissions by 15 mm-hmm. by having the hybrid. That's a fair old which, sign. And that's going to sl- that's going to knock you back a couple of tax, uh, yeah. or at least one tax band, I'm sure. I can yeah. see why the diesel hybrid numbers are routinely quite high in the last few months in the SMMT figures. Mm-hmm. That does make sense when you yeah. see that sort of improvement. Absolutely, yeah. That, that has a big bearing on people who, who buy a lot of these kind of things. Technology then. So, you know, other than the usual sat-nav and semi-decent stereo and the fact that it does have that, that clever hybrid mild hybrid system on the engine, what, what does it come with technology-wise? Is there anything particularly out of the ordinary? Well, there's there's a bunch of safety safety things that come with N-Line. There's an active bonnet system, so that'll be just that it, I presume it pops up if somebody, if a pedestrian happens to hit it. Fireworks! Yeah. Fireworks! Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, there's a downhill brake control, a hill start assist, as we've talked about. There's the lane keep assist, which we presume every, every most cars have got these days. There's also a trailer stability assist. I didn't tow anything, so I never tried that. All right, but it, it do you know what that does? So that you know, if you've got um, where the tr- where you're towing a trailer and the trailer starts wibbling, oh yeah, and it starts wobbling from side to side, 
So, of course, what you absolutely don't do when that's happening is break, if you can avoid it. But what it actually does is it uses active, um, it uses the EBS on the wheels on the tow car to, to, to sort of break it and to try and attenuate the, the wobbling. Oh, right, okay. That, that's happening. That's what it does. It's quite oh, that's, that is interesting. The other thing I want to say is that the lane keeping assist and stuff, Hyundai's system is one of the best, I feel, out there when it comes to the, the smoothness of the lane keep assist. Uh, certainly their latest system is, I don't know if this had that or not, uh, but I normally find that quite, it's one of the better ones. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it was it was fine on that side of things. It's, and it's good. And the thing is, if you don't like that kind of thing, or if you're going to go on wiggly lanes, there's a ruddy great big button on the dashboard that you can press to turn it off. Yes, which I did when I wasn't on dual carriageway and motorways. and just, just switch it off. Which is exactly what I do. The... But it, A, it works well on dual carriageways and motorways, and B, you can turn it off easily and whilst you're driving yeah. without having to go in 17 menus down BMW. Yep, exactly. Uh, it's parking sensors front and rear, as well as a rear parking camera. There's uh, the autonomous emergency braking. This never kicked in for me because I never got into a situation where it needed to. It didn't even bleep at me, so uh, it, I didn't get any false positives either. That's high praise, actually, from Andrew, given that you where you are is false positive yes, heaven I, for these yes, things. Yes, I, I, I think I, I rarely get them, but you get it all the time. I think all manufacturers should come and test here for six months because we have plenty of ways in which it gets set off. Because <laughs> you, you, you're always complaining about that, whereas I very rarely have it, have false positives anyway. Yeah. So that, that's it, sort of technology-wise, you know, above and beyond what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. So overall, then, what do you what what do you find? It's it's always tricky to give something about to give something really sort of thought provoking, evocative about mid sized SUVs. But but come on, do your best, man. <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> the thing that struck me because I had been in the older generation was the step up in quality and and refinement in the latest generation of the Tucson. So that was the first thing that really struck me. And they've kept the price similar, very similar to the previous generation. So they, they've they've done this whilst not going, and we stick another five grand on a price here. So that's that's very impressive. Yeah. I like the N line uh, range because it adds a slight sporty feel, but for those who don't necessarily want a more raucous engine or anything like that or can't perhaps afford it insurance-wise or don't want to get into that sort of thing insurance-wise, I just think it's a nice alternative interior because of the way that it's set mm-hmm. out from the other tract of specs you can go with Hyundai. Yeah. I think I, I was quite impressed with the hybrid tech from a point of view that it smoothed out how it drove. And I was impressed with the, how close I actually got with the MPG, which I think I forgot to mention. But I got um, it's sixty-five. I was going to it ask was sixty-five uh, combined on the WLTP test, and I got fifty-seven. That's not too bad. Well, I was in a, a variety of roads, you know, all sorts. I mean, it really was combined. But, but you're always, yeah. But you're always sort of filled. When you're doing yeah, that. and it's it was five up with with weight in the boot, so I, I was impressed yeah. with that. No, that's good going. Um, I, I didn't ask earlier on when we reached the other numbers because you hadn't written it in, so I thought, oops, maybe you forgot to make a note of it. But no, that's that's pretty 
That's pretty excellent, really. Yeah. What else I'd say is if you're looking for fuss-free motoring as much as it can be, I think you and you were looking for a mid-size SUV and all the sort of the advantages those bring, then I think you have to look at the Tucson. And if you're a business mileage person, I think the the mild hybrid mated with the diesel engine does a really good job. Particularly because, mm-hmm. you know, you go for diesel now if if you're doing serious miles. And this helps with that and it just and it just makes the drive even easier than it possibly was before. So I think yeah, I think you have mm-hmm. to have it on your list of ones to check out, ones to investigate, definitely. Especially in one of the non grey colours, people. Yes, please. On, get the olivine, please. Yeah. Got the olivine, because the olivine's really yes. nice. No, that's a, that that's awesome. So so generally sort of pretty much all round, fuss free, all, all round are the, the really shit. Yeah, be. and when I say fuss free, I don't mean dull either. I don't, I don't want to imply that it's dull. It isn't. It's just stuff works. Yeah, we say that about Hyundai quite a lot. You'll probably hear us say it more about Hyundai as well, because they just kind of do, really. And that's about the biggest praise I think we can possibly give them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Until we're talking about the ends, of course, which is different. Yeah, yeah. So that's different praise when we talk about them. <laughs> Folks, don't forget that between now and next time, uh, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, if people want to know a little bit more, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you can find me there. And Alan, if people want to commiserate and say that they too stand with you and are against me describing where exactly every single button is in the in interior of a car, what's the best way for them to reach out and get in touch with you? Well, my way of reaching out to you there was to add extra lines into the show, into the notes that we work from, to remind you not to list every single button. Uh, but you can get in touch with me to tell me new and interesting ways I should be doing doing that via Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We will be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.